here. I'm going to play with you before I hand it over to you. How about that? All right. Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord, you presented for us to uh, to come and, and hear um, our brother in Christ's story, Lord, your story of what you've done in his life. And so, Father, I thank you um, for this opportunity, Lord, uh, that, that we have and pray, God, you'd bless him. Uh, Father, give him uh, thoughts, give him words. Uh, Lord, just uh, speak through him, Lord, a message that will touch all of our hearts. God, we thank you uh, for this. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> First of all, thank you folks for allowing me to come this morning and share my testimony with you. I don't know who was in charge of the music this morning or if it was divine intervention or what, but to God be the glory is my favorite hymn. Was it passed on to you all? <laughs> no? And I, I, I related to, to Todd and my family. At my family, our celebration of life, I want that thing. I want that song. That's my song. And softly and tenderly, you didn't get to the third burst. That's one that means a lot to me, too. When it says, time is fleeting, deathbed is awaiting, and it's calling, he's calling for you and for me. And I remember the times when I was a lost person, and that invitation was given. Jennifer sings in her invitation song. I was that white knuckled person on the pew when they sing that song because I knew death beds was waiting, but I was lost. Thank you all. First of all, this morning I didn't thought about incorporating some of the couple, three of the gentlemen in the church to stand by the doors. I said, when I get ready to speak, I said there'll be a mass exodus. <laughs> there'll be a stampede. And I said, but I asked, and they said, no, man, we're afraid we'll get caught in that stampede. <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of people going to exit the building. And I don't, you know, so I said, well, okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll go for what we got then. They said, no, we'll, we'll go with it. We'll endure it. And I said, okay. But it was very good. Todd, you, might, you and Nancy, the family, might want to step out because this gets very embarrassing to you all. Because <laughs> you take a, a country boy like myself, that old Hank and Tother country boy, with that old broken English. I can butcher the king's English bad, you know. <laughs> but anyway, we're here to celebrate God today. We're celebrating Christ today and what he did with a life. And I just thank you all for this opportunity. It's been great to be here today. It was great for the breakfast, for the fellowship, for Sunday school. We talked and had a good time. It's been great. And I love being here with this church and these folks. Let me tell you a little bit big bio about myself. My name. That's what gets everybody is my name. And my name is Dola Edwin Rader. I was the fifth child of six born to John and Beulah Laswell Rader. And I was born in Kenton County, Kentucky at DeCourcy, south of Covington. I was born May the 10th, 1943. And for historians and people, that was right in the middle of World War II. Right, almost in the middle of it. One of Dad's brothers, named Dola, was overseas serving in the war. Effort, <clears throat> and one of Mom's brothers, named Edwin, was served overseas in the war effort. So I was named after those two guys. And that goes back about a third generation from my name, which just stopped with me. I wouldn't place that on anybody. <laughs> it goes through that because people say, "Why do you just name me Sue or Joy or Mary or Sally or something other?" <laughs> you know. And I said, "Well, that's all right." You know, it's the first thing you always ask me. I was at the drugstore the other day, and this girl asked me about it. Where'd you get a name like that? You know. <laughs> and I said, "Okay, I'll just, well, I ain't got time to tell you. <laughs> it's a family name." But anyway, 
those gentlemen made it home from the war okay and lived long Christian lives, and they were men in my life years ago, you know. And they're going home to be with the Lord now, but they live Christian lives. But I was born at DeCourcy. My dad worked for the L.N. Railroad. And at that time, DeCourcy Railroad Yards there at DeCourcy was a big hub center for the L.N. Railroad. Trains coming from the north to south and everything, made up trains. And big hub there. They worked on engines and stuff, you know. A lot of activity there. And my older sister, Eva, says, she told me this a while back, she said, you know, when I, <clears throat> where we lived up on the hill, I'd look out over the tracks, and it was 14 tracks wide, which was a lot big yard, you know. So we, and I was born there in May of 43. My parents took me to church at the Corsi Baptist Church when I was a baby. They were Christian folks that served the Lord all the time, all their lives. Church folks, Christian people. And I'm grateful for that. And they took me there as a, as a child. I don't remember living there <laughs> because we didn't live there too long. <laughs> After the war, if the war was over, I guess Dad couldn't keep a job there at DeCourcy. He still worked for the railroad. But we moved back to Mount Vernon, back in Rockcastle County, in the county. We didn't live in the town. We lived in the country. And so, and he worked there, still worked for the railroad. And I went to school there. We went to, we went to started going to church there. And that's my first remembrance of being in Sunday school in church was going to Flat Rock Baptist Church when I was a small kid like Jaden and whatever. And that's the first time I'd heard about Jesus. I can remember, you know, I'd heard the name and I'd heard about it, but in Sunday school, my teacher's name was Mrs. Allen. I can remember that. And she would teach us about, you know. So we lived there for until I started third grade and we moved to Livingston, big town down the road, <laughs> right on down the road from Mount Vernon there, but... You know, and Flat Rock Baptist Church is about halfway between Mount Vernon and Livingston, so we still went to Flat Rock, and we went to church. That's one thing my parents took me to church. <laughs> All of us kids would start getting ready for church on Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. Shoes were shined and clothes were laid out, and we went to Sunday school in church. If Dad would talk to you about going to church, he'd say, "We're going to Sunday school in church." And you folks are not in Sunday school. You need to be in Sunday school. I've loved Sunday school. So he was, but we'd go to Sunday school in church there, and we went to, still went down to Flat Rock. And when I started third grade, we, we moved to Livingston. And then when I started school there in Livingston, I, ages don't mean anything to me because we moved so much. <laughs> so about that third grade, we moved up to Ford, down by the river. And we got down there. There's no Baptist church in Ford. It ain't that big a place. It wasn't that big a place. But the closest one was Providence out on Boonesboro Road. But we didn't go to church there. We went to Boone's Creek over to Fayette County. We should go around Athens. Boonesboro Road is right up the way there, you know. And we went to church over there. And But then, in the meantime, there between there and about the fifth grade or whatever, they started a mission project there in Ford at the school. I don't know if it was sponsored by Northside Baptist or the Boone's Creek Association or whatever, but Brother Arlen Davis would come and preach, and Mrs. his wife and you know, and Charlie Darty and Miss Darty would come and they would sing. They just did music at Northside and stuff. But they would come do music, and she was a Sunday school teacher, and she'd come. She'd teach us kids Sunday school on Sunday afternoon when they would do this on Sunday afternoons.
But I've learned about Jesus and seen about Jesus, but I didn't do anything. And that's one of my things about the day is, why you put it off so long to accept Christ? Why? 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 Today is the day of salvation. Today, that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But anyway, we'd go to church, you know, between those places. And we'd go back to Rock Castle County a lot, back down to Flat Rock, because my parents was there from there. I had all kinds of cousins and aunts and uncles there galore. <laughs> and it was... And I loved to go down there, and we would. We'd, but when we was in there, we'd go to Flat Rock Church. But we lived there till the middle of my fifth grade year. Right at Christmas time, we moved to Winchester. The day after Christmas, they took down the tree, and we moved to Winchester. And so we got to Winchester. There's no. We went in a church, so we started visiting. They'd take us to church, and you know, we'd go to church. We'd visit Central, maybe First Baptist, I don't know. I thought, well, there ain't that many people in church in my lifetime, you know. But we'd go to Northside. It was a house. It wasn't a church facility got now. It was a house. And I thought that was fascinating, you know. But we'd go to church there. But we settled into Emmanuel Baptist over on Cherry Street. And I've, my first Sunday school teacher over there when I was in the fifth grade, whatever was a lady named Mrs. Tipton she's the closest thing to Miss Elaine I've ever seen <laughs> but not quite <laughs> she was not quite as you but she was really good us kids we loved her you know and she was a really good Sunday school teacher she'd teach you about Jesus you know and she was the plan of salvation she could, she was really good I loved it her as a teacher but in the meantime there after a bit there was got a little bit older I'd go to Boone's Creek Camp I'd hear about Jesus out there. I'd hear about come back to manuals, go to basic education Bible school. We'd walk, it'd be in the daytime. I'd walk over there for vacation Bible school in the mornings. Afternoon, I, the Lord said I was having vacation Bible school. I'd go over there. We'd just walk. We'd go there. I'd hear about Jesus, but I never had accepted Christ. I never thought too much about it because of being in church. Didn't think, no, it's, you know, no one had really told me. <laughs> I mean, you know what? He didn't register with me. That I was a lost person, and I needed—I knew I needed Jesus, but I didn't do anything about it. So, and all the time when I was in the fifth grade, there we'd moved to town. Mrs.—I guess her name was Becker. It ran the Bethany Bookstore. Was that who that was? Her and her husband, or whoever, two or three of them—they'd come to old Fanny Bush School up on the hill there, where it was in the house. It wasn't in the school. It got even torn down now, or there now. And they'd bring these uh, boards about once a week, and these felt things, and they'd stick on these boards and tell Bible stories. And I thought, well, that's fascinating, you know. And I, they was telling me about Jesus, but I wouldn't accept it, Christ. So I went on up to, out of into high school. We still, I'm still, we still going to Manual Church. But it's like any high school kids, I begin to drift away more. More than I should. I'd go to church there, but it wouldn't register very much. And one of my good friends, his family went down to Fairfax Church of Christ downtown, so we'd back and forth or whatever. But more and more, I was getting away from church. After I went up through high school, got out of high school, go to work, I still hadn't accepted Christ from the pleading of my parents. From pleading of everybody, you know what I'm saying? Jesus, I didn't accept Christ. Go to work, 
and working. Then a big adventure, my big thing in my life happened after that. I met my sweetheart. <laughs> after about, she lived in Mount Sterling and I lived in Winchester. I didn't go to church much. I'd every once in a while I'd drift in over to manuals, try to keep my parents happy or whatever. I'd just drift in or out. And she's in Mount Sterling. I didn't know if she's going to church or not. She might, she might have been going some. I don't know. But she. So after about almost two years of dating and engagements and stuff, we got married. And we lived in Mount Sterling for four years. I didn't accept Christ. We didn't go to church. We didn't go. We might in and out for occasions or whatever. You know, not very much at all. Then another big thing happened in my life. After about three years or so, my oldest son was born. Tim. But then after, after about, in the about third, fourth year, we moved to Winchester. So Pat could be a stay-at-home mom. So we moved back here. We didn't go to church. In and out. We'd visit some from Northside because we lived there on 15. Sometimes we'd go to the Nazarene church uptown. But the Nazarene didn't sit well with me. Even though I was a lost person, you had that Baptist background. You know what I'm saying? And my dad was a Southern Baptist. And I mean, you know, even though he'd like other people, other denominations, everything else, but he loved the Southern Baptist. He liked the cooperative program and he liked the the association, you know, he'd ask him, see, I go to church over here in Blue Holler Church, whatever. he'd say, what association is that in? <laughs> he liked the cooperative program and he liked that, you know, but we was always in Southern Baptist churches. But we'd go back and forth. We wasn't in church. Time was moving along. Getting a little older, a little more settled in. Wasn't in church. Another thing started happening in our lives. I Looking back on it, it was kind of a Maybe a little bit of turning point of the Holy Spirit beginning to deal with me. We liked to camp. We bought us an RV. We camped a lot. We'd go to all the parks and all around. We would, and we'd go to the state parks then, back years ago. On Sunday mornings, they would have a church service. I don't know if they still would allow that anymore or not. Before the camp, you know, we'd walk down and this to that, you know, have something to do or whatever. And we set up camping at Levi Jackson Park. That was their favorite down there in London. And we'd go down there. And we said we're going to set up and stay about a week. Set it back under the woods and the trees there. We'd went down there that morning to the morning service. That afternoon, right after church, up in the afternoon, I was sitting back in the room, one of those lounges up on one of them shade trees, watching the woodpeckers and stuff, you know, just enjoying myself, you know. And she would come a youth group into the campground area, campgrounds. They was passing out materials. And this one middle-aged schoolgirl, she came up to me and she said, Sir, would you like a Bible? I said, Sure. Thank you. And she went on. And it was a paperback living Bible. And all I'd ever read before, whatever, was King James. And it was easy reading, you know what I'm saying? Here I was, an older fella, you know, I wasn't no kid. And I'd sit there that week and I would pick it up and I'd read in the Gospel of John and stuff. And it was easy reading, you know. I kept that Bible for a long, long time. Even up after I had that, you know, New American Standard and everything. Sometimes I'd open it up just to reference it, you know, one of my translations. But, you know, and I'd sit there and I'd read that and 
He can't touch you, touch me at that time. Not that it, the Holy Spirit, you know, made me see that I was missing something. So we went on after that. It seemed like it kept, kept getting worse, not worse. It kept getting, the Lord kept dealing more and more in my life. Everywhere I would look, someone was telling me about Christ. Somebody was inviting me to church. Something was happening all the time, you know. And we'd go to church occasionally, and we'd go in and out. And one day, the Lord sent the big happening in my life. We were sitting there one afternoon. We lived up here. We'd been, you know, Pat's looking, reading the paper. She said, oh, look at this. She said, they've called a new pastor down at Northside. I know these folks. She said, I went to school with them in Montgomery County for years, you know. I know them well, Brother Marion Turley and his wife Carolyn. She said, let's go down and visit with them. She said, I'd like to see them. So went next Sunday or whatever. We went to visit. I liked those guys. You know, they were real friendly and personable. Before long, we'd visit again. We'd visit again. We'd visit some more. <laughs> Before long, we were going all the time. We'd plugged into Sunday school. Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesdays, any kind of thing that was going on, we were there. And after so long, after a while there, we was going more than a lot of so-called members, but I was still a lost person. And one afternoon, or one day later on, happened before that, Pat joined the church there before I did. And she, I was probably holding her back, maybe. I don't know. But she just mostly a rededication because she had been saved earlier in life as a, as a kid or whatever earlier. If just to get in her membership there on the roll and whatever. And I thought about it then. We've been married for a long time. We've been a long time together. We'll be separated now for eternity. And it resonated. And one afternoon... After that, she had joined the church. One afternoon, brother, brother Buddy, we call him Buddy, murdering turn. He came by the house. He's come into the house to visit or whatever. Had his Bible with him. I thought, well. So after a few minutes, he says, "Can we talk?" And I said, "Yeah." I knew what he was going to say before he asked. And Pat went on taking, you know, doing what she was doing or whatever. He sat down and he. He told me all about the ABCs of being Christ, of accepting Christ. He led me down the Roman road. And we talked and we talked. And it impressed me. After he got about finished, he walked over to where I was sitting in the chair and he kneeled down the chair beside where I was sitting in, in the chair. And then he was praying. He said, let's pray the sinner's prayer and you accept Christ. But I didn't do it. I told him, no, I can't do it at this time. I'm not ready. He said, why? And I told him, I said, I just, I just can't. I just, I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough. I cannot live a Christian life. I can't give, I can't live up. I saw the way my parents had lived. And I saw Christian people in the churches. I said, I don't want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> but a little later on after that, another big happening came along there. Todd came along. <laughs> he was two weeks old. He went to church. Pat was in, you know, she was there with a member of church, and I was there all the time, whatever. And he went to church. Things really ripped up then. Christ was dealing with me. Spiritual warfare was taking place in my life. 
everywhere I would go, someone would be telling me about Christ or somebody, you know. It was getting harder all the time. One day, this is something. When God tells you to do something, you ought to do it. You don't know who you're affecting or what's defective it would be. I worked for a ARA vending food services, and I ran around right over in Bria, in Richmond, all down in there, in factories and stuff, and you know, whatever. And I went down on still heavy-hearted from all that preaching on Sunday, you know. And I went into a place called Dresser Industries, a factory there. Delivered their supplies there, and the lady used them to took care of the stuff, all everything. Sometimes she was there, sometimes she wasn't there. And I just put the stuff in the storage room and to leave, you know. I said, I'll walk over and I'll get me something to eat. I walks over and I get a snack or something. All those tables in that cafeteria, but another soul in there but me. I walked over and I sit down at this table right in front of me. Someone had pulled a napkin out of this holder and with us with a felt pen or a sharpie or something, bold letters on there says, Accept Christ, be saved today. You know, that's touching, isn't it? So I don't know if I eat or I just left. I don't know. Maybe it was, I don't know what I did. But anyway, but I we went on back to church later. We kept going to church and Sunday school and stuff and you know, we were there. But God was really giving up, was really, really giving up salvation for me in my life, conviction. So one Sunday afternoon, Sunday we went to church service that morning, Sunday school, and my heart was heavy. I mean, it was, conviction was strong. We went to Mount Sterling that afternoon, on Sunday afternoon. We'd go over and visit with Pat's mom and him sometimes. Or we'd visit, you know, her family, all a lot are there. So we went by to visit her sister and her husband. I don't know why. God saw to it. We hadn't been there for a while. And we went in, and I respected Pat's sister's husband very much because he'd been, he'd went to Vietnam. He came back from that war, and he was struggling hard, you know, really hard with his life but he accepted Christ and it was like a new day in his life and it impressed me and he was there and he just told me they were going to Herd's Mill Church where they went and he says I'm the Lord is calling me into the ministry and I'm going to answer the call so I said that's good you know whatever but you guys are basketball fans old-time basketball fans. Remember the old ABA, the Kentucky Colonels and all those people back years ago in that league. They were playing that Sunday afternoon. It might have been the championship game. And I said, I think I'll step out of the car and dump the car a minute. I didn't tell them why. So I went back and I sat down there in the car, turned on the radio, listened to the game. But that ain't what I was listening to. (laughs) I was listening to God. To that conviction power that spiritual warfare was going Jesus has come unto me you're heavy laden I can give you rest Satan would say stay where you're at you don't need that you know you, you're not good enough you're not this you're not that so we sat there and the, that afternoon we came back home and I was really distraught within we went back on Sunday evening 
or head north side to the church. You know, we sit in about just before the service began, about maybe five minutes, I bowed my head in the pew. And I prayed that sinner's prayer. And he gave me rest. <laughs> so after church, you know, the invitation was given. Kim, he couldn't hit three notes. I was up and I was gone. <laughs> he was rejoicing in the church and people and everybody, you know. And how long Patty talked to me so much. <laughs> we, she'd keep me in line all the time. She was telling me, you know, you need to get saved. You need, you know, you need Christ. And, you know, taking these kids to church and stuff. So what's one of the first things you do whenever you get saved? You want to tell someone. You're like Andrew who went to tell Peter. First thing is, I've got to find someone to tell him. I went home. We went back home, and so I called my parents. They lived here in Winchester, but they had a place down at Lake Linville, down in Renfro Valley, on the lake there, too. And they would go here, and they would go there some, you know. And I knew they was down at the lake. And I called. I knew they'd been out to Flat Rock, the church. Because when we was down there, we all went out to Flat Rock. And Mom answered the phone, and I was telling her that I'd got saved. And she was crying. <laughs> and Dad was over someplace there, and she she was hollering for him. She says, John, John. He was coming around. He couldn't hear me. He said, what is it? What is it? And she's telling him, she says, Ed got saved. And she always put the Ed with it. All my family always put the Ed with it. They do to this day. And they always do. My immediate families, you know, cousins and everybody. And Dad was coming to the phone. He started about crying. He said, praise God, praise God. My prayers answered. Been answered. <laughs> so after that, it was we lived church life, lived for Christ. We just moved on. Some people may not could tell much difference in my life, but I could. And a lot of people was really, really, really people that's influenced me. It's been good people in my life, Christian people that ministered me and stuff. After that, brother Sir, brother Tur- Turley left Northside and took a pastor in Richmond. Went too long after I'd gotten saved, and brother, we, brother Louis Searcy was called his pastor there, and he really mentored me along. I really liked his preaching, his teaching. He was really, really good. So we just kept on going to church there over and over, and you know, brother Jimmy Blackwell and Charlie Darty and all those guys, Kenneth Turley and all those people, Bill Snap older fellows and kind of mentoring along in Sunday school and teaching after about I don't know three or four years I ordained a deacon we was there for years and years you know people along the way means a lot to you Christian people plug into them plug into church plug into Sunday school plug into the Lord and that's what it's all about and brother all back through the years we've people has been that way but after we got the, here to Ephesus we started coming here when Todd was called pastor. We moved our memberships here. Wasn't one of the first thing we did? We plugged into Sunday school. <laughs> That's where you need to be. Brother Ernest Christopher was a teaching that class. Brother Ernest, I had most man. I was first time I visited. I said, man, I need to be in here all the time. This this gentleman got it. <laughs> he knows what's going on. He's a good teacher, you know. And he mentored me along. We was going along. Well, I'd been a Christian a long time. I loved the guys in the class. After so long a time, Brother Ernest says, 
why don't you do the class every once in a while? Give me a break. I said, I don't know if I can or not. I can't, I can't stand up to what you've been teaching. I'm not that good. I don't know that much. He said, yeah, about once a month. He'd say, we got to doing that about once a month. But what was happening was the Lord was setting me up for later on. When Brother Ernest's health began to fail and he'd getting health issues, and Miss Catherine couldn't, you know, the class was, then I was moved right into the to the class. And it's been a great blessing to me. All those gentlemen sits around in there, love it. You know, we have a great relationship with all the fellows. They helped me to grow in my Christian faith. And I hope I'm helping them. All the folks here at Ephesus, y'all been so good to us. We just love it here. We love it. Pray for me each and every day. God never says it's going to be a bed of roses, a cup of peaches and cream. Christ is on that steady line there. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow and forever. We go up. We might get to give the praise. We go into the valley and we beg for mercy and grace. But He is the same. Always. Just remember that. Today is the day of salvation. Why do you put it off so long? Deathbeds are waiting. It's a joy to be a Christian. If God is asking you to do something, do it. The Holy Spirit's dealing with you. It might be a, something within the church, in the community, or whatever it might be. Answer the call. He might call me for something else tomorrow. I don't know. But we just love it here. Thank you all for this opportunity. And I'm going to leave you with that. Today is the day of salvation. Open your hearts. Turn over to God. Don't hold on to those pews with those white knuckles. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do in your life. Thank you all very much. Todd, it's all yours.